1 Corinthians 10 and look in verse 13, very familiar scripture. And the Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. You can be seated this morning. We'll pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you today. We thank you for the wonderful mercy uh, and the grace that you've given us. We thank you for sealing us and keeping us. And that, Lord, you're holding on to us and not us to you. And I praise you for that this morning. We ask if there's one law, save them. Somebody that has a need, meet that need. I ask now that you would guard our mind and our thoughts. Hinder Satan from this service. Stir folk today. Put them in remembrance of what you have done and what you will do for them. And Lord, I pray today that you would do something for me and for these dear people that I cannot do. But Lord, that we would leave better out of here than what we come in. And we certainly need your help. Lord, we thank you now for Jesus who loved us and died for us. Meet with us now. We beg of you. Save that sinner that's near his tail for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we look in verse 1, uh, we begin to read, and the Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers uh, were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat? And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of the serpent. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Then we find that verse I read, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now I read these prior verses after the text verse so that we could kind of understand what Paul was trying to tell us here in this verse, in verse 13. As the children of Israel followed Moses, and I mean he was their leader, that is the one that God chose, and that to lead the children of Israel... Uh, up out of Egypt, and it never was God's plan uh, for them to wander in the wilderness. 
uh, God. I mean, he really wanted them to cross the Red Sea. Uh, a few days later as they went through and uh, had to go through Moab and out the corner there uh, and fight those two kings, his intentions uh, was for them to keep on going uh, and be in the promised land in just a few days. Uh, but what we find is because of their stubbornness uh, and because of their sin, uh, and because and he tells us right here, it said, were, uh, and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud uh, and in the sea and did all eat the same uh, spiritual meat. Not only did God help them physically, uh, but God would have helped them spiritually uh, uh, if they would have just listened to Moses. Uh, uh, let me say today that if you'll listen to the Lord, uh, <clears throat> not only will He help you physically, uh, uh, but He will help you spiritually. Uh, uh, and notice, He gave them, we know that He gave them a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He brought them through and that, the Red Sea. Uh, uh, God rolled, I mean, listen, here they come. Uh, uh, they come up against the Red Sea uh, and maybe they ain't trusting God yet. Maybe they've not believed God like they should. Uh, uh, but I'm going to tell you, it seems to me uh, uh, that if I seen the man of God stand out there and take a rod in his hand uh, and hold it out over the sea uh, that we could not cross uh, uh, and the east wind blew all night uh, and parted the Red Sea uh, and we crossed on dry ground uh, and then he turned around and held his rod back up uh, uh, and it closed up uh, uh, and drown the Egyptians, uh, seems to me that might help me believe God uh, in the journey. I'm going to stop here for a minute and say it might have helped us for a few days or for a few weeks or months, but knowing some things about the children of Israel, they seen all that God done for them, and that spiritual rock followed them and gave them spiritual drink. And the Bible tells us in verse 4 that that rock was Christ. You find there was a literal physical rock that Moses reached over there with his rod and he smote that rock and out of it came water, rivers of water. It wasn't a trickle of water, but a river of water. Uh, listen, and we all know the type. I preached on that. Uh, uh, that listen, the second time God uh, told Moses to go speak to the rock, but he was so angry with the children of Israel that he ran back and he called them a bunch of rebels uh, and he smote the rock. And God still let water come out. Uh, uh, but I'm going to tell you that rock was Christ. Uh, and one time was Christ smote by the law. Uh, and that was at Calvary uh, uh, by the law that he took mine and your place uh, uh, so that we might be saved and be forgiven of sin. The law will never smite him again. And so we find that God made provision <coughs> for the children of Israel. He took care of them physically and spiritually. We know manna fell from heaven. We understand that he gave them quail when they begged for quail. As a matter of fact, he told them, I'll give you so much quail it'll run out your nostrils. And that's exactly what happened. You better be careful what you ask for. But we find right here as in verse 5, what did it say? He said, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. He begins to give us a quick history of their sin. 
He begins to give us a quick history of their temptation. Now listen to me, because I'm going to tell you, you may think you're somebody and that you can defeat the devil, but I'm going to tell you, the Bible said in verse 12, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. A lot, of, a lot of people get too big for their own britches, if I can say that, and they think they can holler boo at the devil. I, I know greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. I, I, it's the Lord that does the work. I, all i got to do is trust him I, and do my part. Amen. I get that. I understand that. But I want you to understand in verse 5, said he was not well pleased with many of them. They were overthrown in the wilderness. Now notice he said these things uh, are our example to the intent. Uh, uh, they, they're things were our examples for us to learn from uh, and to understand over here it was called in samples. Uh, uh, that word just being a pattern uh, uh, or a model uh, uh, and in this case of something we should not do. Notice he said that what? To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So lust had come on the scene. Here are people that have seen God move. Here's God's own people. They've seen God work. I, I listen, they've seen Him part the Red Sea. He's found the horse and the rider. I, Exodus chapter 15, they've seen Moses' soul. They've seen God change bitter water I, I, into sweet water. He's brought them to uh, 12 wells I, I, out in the wilderness and give them something to drink. And I mean, God's just done wonderful things for the children of Israel. He said, but that you should not lust after evil things. Verse 7, neither be idolaters as, uh, as, as were some of them. As he's written, the people sat down uh, uh, to eat and to drink and rose up to play. When Moses went up on the mount uh, to receive the law of God, to receive the word of God, I remember what they done. We wish not what happened to this man Moses. Uh, uh, so they come to Aaron. Uh, he said, bring me all your gold. Uh, uh, he made them a golden calf and said, this be the God that brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Reckon how jealous God was about that. Think about that for just a second. Here stands Aaron and he's pointing at this golden calf that, that, that they had made because that's what was down in the land of Egypt. That's what they were used to. Are we okay this morning? Alright, are we awake? Let's make it sure. Alright, here stands this golden calf and he said, These be the gods that brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Moses is on the mount. Joshua was halfway up the mount. And while Moses is on the mount, God uh, uh, is writing them out to Moses and telling them, uh, uh, look, they're down there, they've made the cake, they're worshiping it, uh, uh, they've got naked and all this kind of mess. Uh, he heads halfway back down the mountain, picks up Joshua, uh, and he says, Joshua said, I hear some sounds down there. Sounds like the sound of war. Uh, and Moses said, that ain't it. He said, they're down there having a party. And so when they get down there, you know what Aaron said? I took all that gold and out of the forest jumped this calf. Lying devil. That ain't what happened at all, was it? Well, he artificed that thing. He made that thing. He engraved that thing. He made it. <coughs> and so in verse 8, and by the way, God had his say there. Neither let us commit fornication, that sexual sin, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. We know he sent those 
serpents out there, didn't he? And would bite them. And that's where, that's where we get that in the New Testament uh, where the scripture said as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so much the Son of Man be lifted up. What was it? Uh, he made that brazen serpent. If they were bit, they could look for that brazen serpent on a pole. And the Bible said if they look, they'd live. If you'll look to Christ, you can live today. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Boy, you better be careful about murmuring, shouldn't we? But notice he said, now all these things happen unto them for in samples. And that, and that they are written for our admonition. That is for our correction. That is uh, for uh, us uh, to be reproved or for our caution. If I could say that. That's what he's talking about right there. We're to pay attention to that. Take heed to it. And understand what's going to happen. Because then he said down here in verse 12. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth. Take heed lest he fall. Now I taught and preached sometime back. About temptation. A temptation means not only. A, a, a drawing away. If I could say that. Or a uh, how can I get this right. Or a. A um, drawing away and an enticement uh, to evil. Uh, but we looked at the thought of sometimes in the Bible the word temptation is simply talking about a trial. And in verse 13 we can make that placement about it also being a trial. But if you look at the text in the context he's literally talking about being enticed to evil. I mean because that's what he's dealt with in the prior verses. In the prior verses, he talked about the wickedness, uh, people that knew, knew God, uh, uh, people that were supposedly loving God and going to serve God, but they were drawn away and enticed away uh, uh, to serve their flesh. And so we find uh, that great verse, in, or part of that verse in verse 13. He said, There is no temptation taking you but such is common to man, but God is faithful. And if I could for just a minute or two, I, I, I want to preach on the faithfulness of God. First of all, and I may not get through, I believe this will probably be the only point I get through this morning. If not, it'll be alright. Uh, but first of all, number one, the faithfulness of God during our temptation. I, I had a preacher friend of mine call me the other day. We talked for quite a long time. And uh, he, he told me he's raising uh, three youngs. He's got two girls that are teenagers. Uh, one 17 going on 18. One 15 going on 16, I believe. And then he's got a six-year-old. Well, got a good span there, don't he? And uh, he told me as I was talking to him on the phone, he said the one thing uh, uh, that I have been trying to do uh, uh, for my kids uh, is keep them away from temptation. Now he he ain't talking about uh, trying to keep them out of evil. He's literally wanting to keep them from being tempted. Now that is a good thing, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to run yourself ragged trying to keep your children uh, from temptation because that's going to happen. How do you know that, preacher? There is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. We're all subject and we're all susceptible uh, uh, and that... To temptation. 
There's no way around it. If we're living in this world, how do you figure that? John 17, as Jesus is praying to the Father over there, and He's talking about His disciples, He said, I pray not that Thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that Thou shouldest keep them from evil. Uh, listen, we can't build a wall, go live behind that wall, uh, uh, and live in our own little world, uh, and pick our head out over the wall and see if the world's destroyed itself. Uh, uh, I believe in separation uh, and holy living, but we're going to have to do it, uh, having to contend with this world uh, and temptation that is around us. Uh, and the only help and hope uh, that we have today is the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, that He will strengthen us uh, and bring us through it. Why? Because He's faithful. The Bible says, but God is faithful. Temptation is common to every one of us. An enticement to evil. We don't want people to know what's in our minds sometimes. I don't want you to know what's up here sometimes. And I'm pushing that thing on through just as fast and bring it under obedience to the captivity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes we see things that we should not see. We hear things that we wish we hadn't heard. And boy, that mind begins to work and is liable to get drawn away. The songwriter talked about how that he was prone to wonder. It's in our flesh if we let it have its way uh, to get away from God. It's not your nature in your old man and in your flesh to want to serve God. It's not that. But your new man, the one that knows that God is faithful, he wants you to serve God and desires. Temptation is common to every one of us. How do you know? Take your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. You pray for your preacher now. Matthew chapter 4. I'm not going to tell y'all stuff that you don't already know. Matthew 4, look in verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? To be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So he dealt with his flesh first, didn't he? When he was at his weakest point, uh, I believe it is it the book of Luke that tells us uh, uh, that for those 40 days and nights he was tempted. Uh, uh, but when we come to the end of it, he was still tempted. Uh, and when he was, and at 40 days and 40 nights, uh, he was hungered. And the devil said, take them stones, uh, and if you be the Son of God, turn them into bread. Now y'all know, right here I've showed you this a thousand times, uh, uh, he was questioning uh, his sonship and his deity uh, and that to God himself. uh, uh, And then he was making application uh, uh, to appeal to his flesh. Can I tell you that the devil will appeal to your flesh? That's what he does. He appeals to your flesh. He'll start pushing on your buttons uh, uh, and try to figure out uh, uh, what bothers you the most and what draws you away the most. uh, uh, And he will entice your flesh to get away from God. And so he tries 
to get him to turn those uh, stones into bread. But he said it is written. You find they took him up to the top of the temple and was going to cast him down. Well, look in verse 5. Then the devil taketh him up to the holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. He shall notice right there that the devil, what did he say? It is written. So now the devil's got scripture. Oh my. You better watch him. He's sly, ain't he? He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. He took the text out of the context. If you go back to the book of Psalms and read that, but notice what Jesus said. It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What you're asking me to do is tempting God. And it's written that we should not do that. Verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him up to the city high mountain, and he showeth him, all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The devil Then the devil leadeth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So we find right here that all three times y'all know uh, uh, that what? He defeated Satan in temptation uh, uh, by the Word of God. You know why it is ever so important uh, uh, for you to put the Word of God in your heart? He said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might what? That I might not sin against thee. You know why your daily Bible reading is important? To keep you from a place like this. You know why you need to meditate on a thing like this? To keep you from a time like this. So that you'll be able to handle temptation, not on your own, but with Christ Jesus the Lord being your helper and get through this because you have what? Memorized and put Scripture into your heart and into your mind. Young people, if I could ever grasp your attention, boy, I wish... I wished I'd I'd been faithful in reading my Bible and memorizing my Bible when I was a lot younger uh, than after I got into my my mid to late 20s. I I wished I'd really realized how important uh, this book really was. I did not grasp how important this book really was till I started uh, to get into my 20s and uh, later 20s and man really began to read that book and put it into application and see that boy what God said was true. It does work. Amen. And it helps you. So temptation is common. Reckon how many temptations the Apostle Paul faced. When he faced Alexander the coppersmith, and he talked about being with the mouth of the lion over there, and how that no man stood with him, but all men forsook him. You ever think that he ever looked around and Wondered what was going on. We don't see that much in the Apostle Paul's life. Uh, He talks about being pressed out of measure. and uh, There was one time he talked about being in despair. I I mean he was laying his life on the line for the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine as he was on that boat uh, in Acts chapter 27. And they hadn't seen the stars and the moon uh, uh, in many days. uh, uh, And uh, and the Bible said in all hope uh, that we should be saved. uh, I was taken away. Imagine uh, uh, how he felt. You ever wondered if he sat down and held his hand in his head uh, 
had his head in his hands, there it is, I, and wondered if it was worth it. I kind of wonder if he did sometimes. But we do know the answer to the question that I just asked. I don't know if he ever held his head in his hands, but I do know that Paul knew that it was worth it. It was worth every cost. It was worth everything. Hey, listen, he's talking about somebody that had been lost and wicked and persecuted the church. And boy, I'm telling you, if anybody ever had a grasp and that of grace, the Apostle Paul knew what grace was. If there was ever, I wonder sometimes how much I really realize about grace. Boy, I got to listen to a friend of mine preach the other day uh, uh, about grace. And, boy, he got to talk about how wicked we were uh, and how vile we were. Uh, uh, and I mean, I, I forget that sometimes, how wicked uh, and vile that I was. I mean, I saved at 14 years old. I ain't got into a lot of mess, amen. I, I ain't got into a lot of sin like some men and women have. Hey, but I was still wicked and vile and without God dying and going to hell uh, uh, without His beloved Son but grace uh, come by my way, thank God. Ain't you glad for grace today? But temptation comes. Temptation for you to quit will show up. <coughs> temptation for you to fail will certainly come. Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood before the king and they would not bow. And they knew the fiery furnace was coming. They knew that. They knew that. Was God not faithful to His beloved Son in, over there in the wilderness? Was God not faithful to the Apostle Paul when he was on that ship uh, 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 and the angel of the Lord, uh, uh, he said, whom's I am uh, and whom's I serve, uh, he sent his angel. Was God not faithful when he talked about standing over there and preaching? Uh, when all men forsook him, he said, but the Lord uh, stood with me. And then here stands Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Not knowing if God would show up like He did, but they knew they were not going to serve that idol. They knew that. And they knew that the longer they talked, the visage of the king changed. And they said, we're not going to worship it no matter what, whether God delivers us out of your hand or not, we're not going to bow down and worship that image. That's what they told them. Don't, we don't have to be careful, okay? You know what that means? We don't have to go over in the corner and talk about this thing. Uh, we already got our mind made up. Amen. And so you know what they do? They heat that thing up one seven times more than it wanted to be heated, the Bible said. And the men that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, in the fiery furnace, they died because the heat was so great. Uh, uh, and then the king leaned over uh, from where he was and said, Did we not throw three in there? And they said, Yes, O king, it is true. Uh, uh, he said, I see four men loosed uh, walking in the midst of the fire. And the fourth one uh, is likened unto the Son of God. Tell me God ain't faithful. In the midst of their trial and their temptation, uh, there stood Jesus uh, with them. Think about that. 
Think about that. In the midst of when they had opportunity to quit, in the midst when they could have just gave it all up and bowed down and conformed to pressure and temptation was on them to do that, they said no and Jesus showed up. You may have to get in the fiery furnace, but he'll show up. You may have to be like Paul uh, and be on a ship that is breaking apart and sinking, but God will show up. You may be in the wilderness all alone, but God will show up. I studied this and I thought about Joseph. Hard to find anything wrong with Joseph, ain't it? Just being honest. It's really hard to find anything. That's like trying to find something wrong with Daniel in the Bible. It's just hard to find anything wrong with those men. I didn't say they were perfect. I said it's just hard to find something wrong with them. These are men that loved God, wanted to serve God. These are people that were sold out to God. And here stands Joseph. His, his brethren had sold him off into slavery, uh, uh, the, the, uh, sold him down into Egypt, uh, into Potiphar's house. Let's go over and look at that in the book of Genesis. I didn't intend to read this. I'll have to go find it. Over in the book of Genesis. Let's look in, <coughs> in verse 30, chapter 39, excuse me. Genesis chapter 39. Look in verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, a Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him out of the hand of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And let me park right here. His brethren hated him. They sold him uh, unto some Ishmaelites. They sold him down into Egypt, into slavery, down into Potiphar's house. Now if there is anybody that would have had reason to quit and stop serving God, I believe Joseph would have really been it. Man, God has deserted me. He has left me. He sold me out. But notice what your Bible says in verse 2, And the Lord was with Joseph. <coughs> and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and made him overseer over his house and all that he had he put in his hand. Now I, I, I thought about that for just, just a little while. Uh, when I look at Joseph, what, what happens if, if you were like Joseph and the place that you worked at, God let it prosper because you were there. You say, well, you're getting a far-reaching stretch there, preacher. Maybe. But sometimes God lets places prosper because that's where His children is. So that you can prosper in service to Him. Verse 4, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord done what? Blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. 
They didn't do it for Potiphar's sake. They didn't do it for Potiphar's wife's sake. They didn't do it for anybody else working there. He done it for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hands and he knew not all he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Well, Joseph had a good spirit about him, had a good testimony. Even Potiphar, who was an Egyptian, picked up on that thing and put him in charge of everything. Put him in charge. Now look in verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph uh, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not uh, what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater uh, in this house than I, neither hath he kept anything back, uh, back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and do what? And sin against God. Well, Joseph knew that if he ended up in fornication, uh, uh, he understood and knew uh, that it was going to be a sin uh, and weakness toward God. That's why the Bible warns us men uh, to stay away from the strange woman in Proverbs 5, 6, and really in Proverbs 7. Would you hold your place in the book of Genesis? I'll come back to that. I want you to go with me to the book of Proverbs. As Brother Jeff was, he made mention of it real quick this morning. I flipped back and, and, and read this real quick. There was one part uh, that I wanted uh, to find, and it was in Proverbs 7. In Proverbs 7, look with me in verse 21. Here you find a young man that has no discernment. And this strange woman, she has caught him and got him. Verse 21, and I'm going to skip a lot here. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. And with the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteneth to the snare. Now watch verse 23. And knoweth not that it is what? For his life. It's going to get him. That strange woman. Why do you think that uh, men were warned uh, about the strange woman? I remember a gentleman that worked with me. And when I worked up there where Brother Jeff worked at for a couple of years, he told me the story that he had a woman that worked on his line. And y'all have heard me tell this. Some of you have. Uh, how that she would come in every morning uh, uh, and she'd start fixing on his collar and uh, she'd start saying, boy, if, if I was your wife, I wouldn't let you leave the house with a wrinkled shirt and I'd make you this and that. Hey, you better watch them. Just telling you. Then he says, it's a good thing for a man not to touch a woman. Ain't that right, Hunter? Little inside joke there. Jeremiah was preaching on that one night. I better tell that inside joke because they're going to wonder, ain't they? <laughs> Before him and Bethany got married, he had his arm around Bethany here at the church, had his hand laid up on her shoulder. Jeremiah got to preaching on it's a good thing for a man not to touch a woman. And boy, there goes his hand. <laughs> he was obeying Scripture, wasn't he? Amen. We poke a little fun at that sometimes. 
Man, time has flew by. Go back to the book of Genesis chapter 39. He said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass that she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. This temptation did not face him one time, but day after day after day after day he had to face this temptation that would not leave him alone. Can I tell you something today? Satan will try his best to wire you down. Because see, he wants you to fail. I mean, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil's is not walk about seeking whom he may devour. He don't care how he devours you as long as he devours you. He does not care if you get off into fornication. He does not care if you quit God and go out there and try to make all kinds of money. Uh, he just don't care how you do it as long as you fail. At serving God. He does not care if he does it by hurting you in church and you never want to come back. He has won the battle. All he wanted to do was make Joseph fail. And it came to pass about this time, verse 11, that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she called him by his garment saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. He shed his coat as fast as he could. She had him by the arm of his coat. And I could see now he's appealing that thing off as fast as he can. And he'd run away from her. Why do you think that the Apostle Paul warned Timothy to flee Youthful lusts. That word flee means to run from. You know what you may have to do with temptation? Run away. You may have to separate yourself from that thing. That is what Joseph was doing. And you can read the rest of it. She lied on him. I, I said that he... That, well, let's just read it. It came to pass... Uh, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought us in Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me, lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And so she's lying on Joseph. And it came to pass when he heard uh, that I lifted up my voice and cried uh, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife which she spake unto him after, uh, 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 spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant uh, to me uh, that, that his wrath was kindled. So Potiphar got mad. Miss Potiphar lied on Joseph, turned the tables around, said he came in here to try to force himself upon me. And then he got mad. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison. Joseph done right. Joseph done right. And ended up in prison. 
put him in the prison place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. Look at verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And you go on and read everything that Joseph done. It was in his hands in the prison. I go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. There is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God's faithful. Let me say this quickly in closing. God is faithful to not to allow us to be tempted above what we can suffer through or be able to go through. You know what Joseph done? He shed his coat, didn't he? And he ran. You know what the three Hebrew children done? By God's help, they were settled in their mind. That if it took going to the fiery furnace, that's what was going to happen. They were willing to give their life for God. He made a way of escape and he bared it out. I want you to understand something. He removed Joseph from Potiphar's house but put him in prison. He gave him strength to run away and gave him strength to go through prison. The Hebrew children, he did not remove and that the fiery furnace, he was just faithful to go through it with them. He did not remove Job out of his circumstances. And God seemed to be hid even in Job's circumstances. But God was still faithful to him the whole time. And even Job realized that. Hebrews chapter 2, the writer said, For in that he himself, talking about the Lord Jesus, hath suffered being tempted. He is able to succor them. That's really how that word is pronounced. Succor them that are tempted. Do you know what that word means? That word sucker, S-U-C-C-O-R. It literally means to run to in support of. So when we get into temptation and we cry out or God's watching and sees what's happening, He literally runs unto us and supports us and aids us in a time of difficulty. Or distress. He is faithful in our time of temptation. He will not allow us to be suffered, to be tempted above what we're able. He'll go through it with us. But notice it says, with that temptation, make a way of escape to be able to bear it. He did not say he would take it away, it's just that he would make a way for us to bear it. Now, I don't know what you're facing today. I really felt like this would be the message for the hour. And I don't know the temptation that you may be facing. I don't know. But I know God is faithful and He will help you. Let's bow our heads this morning if we would. Would you get us just a little music, though, Jacob, if you would, son?
But God is faithful. In the midst of your temptation, in the midst of when Satan is trying his best to get you to fail, in the midst of when it seems like all is crashing in on top of you and you really wonder, is God really around? Is God really faithful? I can tell you that He is. Just as sure as the children of Israel was our example of what not to do. The Lord Jesus Christ the Apostle Paul, Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael, Joseph was our examples of what to do. Keep on living for God, fighting and trusting.